Welcome to the Everyday Sublime Podcast, shedding light on yin yoga and meditation. I'm your host, Josh Summers, and I'm a yin yoga and meditation teacher and trainer. I'm also a licensed acupuncturist. This podcast is intended to be an in-depth exploration of the intersections between yin yoga, Chinese medicine, and meditation. In each episode, I will offer a 10 to 15 minute reflection on one or several of these themes. And my hope is that these reflections will support both your practice and or your teaching of yin yoga and meditation. In this episode, I want to give you a clear understanding of the second of the four principles of yin yoga, namely relaxing the muscles in a pose. In discussing this principle, I'll be exploring the following key concepts. Which muscles do you relax in a yin yoga pose? And the rationale for relaxing those muscles. And what do you do when there's inadvertent clenching in the muscles that you're trying to relax in a yin yoga pose? And also, can you strategically engage certain muscles while you're in a yin yoga pose? So these and more topics will be discovered. Let's get started. The second aspect of executing a yin yoga pose is to relax the muscles in the area that you're targeting. Now confusion tends to arise when students hear this instruction to relax the muscles. There is a tendency to take this as a global mandate that in yin yoga, if you're doing it correctly, all muscles must relax. But this is going too far. Similar to the first principle of yin yoga where the body is brought into a position with the intention to target a specific area with an appropriate degree of stress. In this second principle, one endeavors to relax the muscles primarily in the targeted area itself. And it's this action of relaxing the muscles in the targeted area that shifts the emphasis of the posture's stress into the denser connective tissues around the muscle and the joint. You can demonstrate this for yourself with what in the yin yoga world is called the finger trick. So this is where you might want to listen and then stop the podcast and try this little experiment. If you firmly take your index finger and strongly extend it, that is by engaging the muscles, pointing it forward, and you maintain muscular contraction while you start to gently try to pull the extended finger away from your hand, you should notice that not very much happens at the joint where the finger meets the hand. However, If you now relax the muscles in the index finger and then begin to gently pull the relaxed finger away from the hand, you should notice that space is created at the joint where the finger meets the hand. That quote-unquote created space indicates that the joint tissues are now being stressed. They're gently being stressed by virtue of the muscles having relaxed. So in relaxing the muscles in a pose, the emphasis of the stress of the posture shifts to the denser connective tissues, especially those tissues around the joint. Now, upon hearing this, inevitably a student will comment, but I still feel sensation in the muscles. For example, they might feel sensation in their quads and say saddle pose or their hamstrings in one of the forward folds. At this point, I remind them that it's not a black and white affair. It's always a degree of emphasis. With the muscles relaxed, the emphasis of the stress shifts more into the joint tissue but it's entirely likely that some students will still feel significant sensations in and around their muscles. This is a desirable thing and not a problem at all. 
to help try to clarify why we relax the muscles, there's a really good interview available online with the body worker and fascial expert Tom Myers. The interview is called Creating Change. You can Google it, look it up. In this interview, Tom speaks to this vital need to relax the muscles in order to produce lasting changes in the connective tissue and fascia. He begins by talking about patterns of tension that are held in the fascia and connective tissue. And although he doesn't mention yin yoga by name here, if you listen closely, you'll hear something that sounds awfully similar to yin yoga. So this is Tom. He says, quote, but by the time your fascia gets stuck in that pattern, the problem is how are you going to get out of it? General exercise won't get you out of these things. They will not change the pattern of the fascia or the connective tissue. For that, you need long, slow stretches such as during yoga. And one of the wonderful things about yoga is that because of the sustained stretch held in many yoga poses, you actually do change the connective tissue. So you change the pattern of that fascia and thus you can get down to the chronic tension patterns lodged in the tissues. And this can lead to a wonderful emotional unfolding over the long term. But what the people who developed yoga recognized was that in order to change the person, not just to change the chemistry or to change the amount of strength that you have or your readiness to dive off a diving board, but to really change the person that you are, to change the quote unquote issues in the tissues, then you really have to make a deep change in the pattern of your body. Now that pattern is in the nervous system, that pattern is in the muscular system, that pattern is in the chemistry, that pattern is in the fascia. But once the pattern is lodged in the fascia, you have to address it at the level of fascia for it to release. So there are different ways you can go about doing this. Tom says, but generally the sustained stretches of yoga where you hold a posture for several minutes you give the muscles a chance to calm down. The muscles have to relax first, and then the fascia starts to stretch and release. And that can facilitate the kind of repatterning that leads to lasting release of chronic holdings, and in many cases, a profound change of body and mind. Okay, so that's the rationale for relaxing your muscles in these poses. But then the question comes up, what to do with inadvertent clenching? Another thing that is commonly mentioned with regard to this principle of relaxing the muscles is that students will report that even though they intentionally relax the muscles in the targeted area, after a minute or so, they find that those same muscles have become activated again and are either tight, tense, or clenched. This too is normal and common. To me, it suggests that a guarding or protective mechanism has kicked into gear and that this is happening largely unconsciously. While soaking in the posture, the body might instinctively guard and protect against the dull, achy sensations that are being generated by the yin stimulation. Now, muscular contraction has the effect of protecting the joint, thereby minimizing that unpleasant sensation. In many ways, noticing that your body has unconsciously slipped into a protective hold or a protective guarding pattern is similar to noticing that your mind has wandered from your breath in meditation if you're doing a meditation where you focus on the breath. It simply becomes an opportunity to reset and begin again. So in the case of gripping muscles, I suggest just first noticing how that feels and then slowly beginning to encourage a gentle relaxation around those tightened muscles. Now remember, bear this in mind, upon relaxing the muscles again, 
you might discover that the sensations you're experiencing are actually quite intense and beyond the threshold of appropriate intensity or beyond what you can tolerate. In that case, heed the feedback of the sensation and the desire to protect and back off from your current edge and settle into a milder one. Now, what about engaging muscles? Even though we relax the muscles in the targeted area, it's fine and sometimes helpful to strategically engage other muscles in the body in service of enhancing the quality of stress being placed upon the targeted tissues. In his book, Yin Yoga, Principles and Practice, Paul Greeley suggests how in a forward bend, you might strategically use the hands to hold the feet and gently engage the arms, thereby mildly enhancing the tug on the tissues along the targeted areas of the spine and backs of legs. Caution must be used to not tug aggressively or to pull with striving mind. But so long as the result of the muscular engagement is a mild enhancement of yin-appropriate stress, it's fine and good. Another example of strategic muscular engagement might be in the posture of sphinx or seal. Here, if one were to categorically relax all the muscles, like a rule, everything needs to be relaxed, the person's head would hang down towards the floor. But by strategically lifting the head, and possibly even arching the head back, you might enhance the safe stress along the lower back that is being generated by gentle compression in the posture. Okay, I'll stop there for now. In the next episode of The Everyday Sublime, I'll discuss the third of the four main principles of how to practice yin yoga, that is, staying still for time. Though this is a foundational concept of yin yoga, it's well worth reviewing the basics, even for seasoned practitioners. It's so important to understand these basics in order to practice yin yoga safely and intelligently. So as always, I look forward to sharing with you with insights from my practice to yours. If you'd like to follow along with the Everyday Sublime, please subscribe in iTunes. I left a link in the show notes for you, or you can subscribe directly at my site, joshsummers.net forward slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening today, and I'll see you in the next episode.